Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the microphone with thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Okay, we're gonna get started. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to today's session on technology for the people-centric workplace, what really matters. My name is Ross Leibowitz. I am the Senior Director for uh, Workplace Products at Tango. At Tango, we are the leading provider of integrated workplace management solutions, providing solutions for portfolio strategy, for transaction management, space management, uh, lease management, energy and sustainability, desk booking, facilities management, project management, really the whole gamut, uh, in a single integrated uh, solution. Uh, we are uh, very happy to be sponsoring today's pavilion on um, workplace learning theater. And now it's my uh, privilege to um, introduce Robert Prickle on the session, Technology for the People-Centric Workplace, What Really Matters. Robert. Thank you, Ross. Good afternoon. So, the people-centric workplace, what really matters. So in today's short, brief session, we're gonna talk about solving the workplace challenges, defining the transformational gains that can occur, choosing technology for the employees on aligning to the employee journey and workflow throughout the day, choosing technology that matters to management, so the importance of real-time data that delivers trustworthy business intelligence, and then, of course, making the right technology investment. Do you get a return on that investment? So when we talk about today's workplace challenges, especially in the hybrid workplace, it's working with the right people at the right place, at the right time, doing the right work. So when we talk about doing the right work, we're talking about not searching around to find a workstation, not searching around to find an open room. We're talking about doing the work that you're supposed to be doing while you're there at the office. So when real estate groups get together and they start talking about what are some of the goals that we have to set for our new workplace, there are typically three things that stand out. Optimization of the workplace, increased collaboration within the workplace, and enhanced experience within the workplace. So if we unpack that, it starts with picking a strategy that aligns for the new ways of working. So do you want to do activity-based working? Do you want to have a more agile way of working? Do you want to have neighborhooding? Then you say, okay, well, we have that strategy. We need to choose the combination of hardware and software that will support that strategy. And in that, it typically starts with something that schedules. So you need employee software that makes it easy for them to schedule conference rooms, spaces, workstations, et cetera. And then from a management perspective, you want to understand clearly how the space is being occupied and how it's being utilized. So when we look at all the different techniques or feature sets that one can employ, um, you know, some of the challenges that occur from room booking and over room booking is you've booked the room for let's say an hour, people leave the room early, now you've got wasted space for a period of time. So we've got enhanced features such as space releaser, using occupancy sensors that sense when the space is no longer being used. You can nudge somebody that says, hey, 
do you still want to keep the space occupied, booked, or do you want to release it back into the available space to be booked by others? So finding colleagues. We've got campuses in North America where it's difficult to find colleagues based on activity-based working. So being able to see where they are on a floor plan-based system, see their image, and be able to book a space near them to, to basically collaborate with them in real time. Of course, you can see other things, um, available site services integrated in, uh, environmental sensor data, so wellness being a huge aspect of uh, what goes on in today's workplace, seeing CO2 levels, noise levels, other attributes other than just what's available in that room to be used. And then, of course, the deep utilization and occupancy analysis. So these are the ways that people are solving uh, today's challenges and then the transformational gains. So we talk about magnetizing the office. So in the return to office, what are the ways that people are getting employees to return? It's making it a space that they want to use, having technology that's better in the workplace than, than what they have at home. They need to have the space be a meaningful space that they can use to perform the work and tasks that they're assigned to do. Reducing frustration. So they're not spending a bunch of time running around trying to find available space. They can do it very easily. Productivity. Um, I think most people would agree that when you go to the office, you want to be as productive as possible. You want to do what you're supposed to be doing. Um, another aspect of this is retaining employees. Um, so that is definitely uh, a big gain there. And then minimizing misuse. So um, these are the net gains in this transformation to go from, let's call it a static way of working with assigned spaces to a more activity-based, agile way of working. So aligning to a, provide a better uh, collaboration and experience for all of those in the workplace. So I, I want you to think about um, a, a person in the office, let's call him Robert. And Robert's the salesman that goes to the office and he wants to be able to book admission uh, to the office on the days that matter the most when his favorites are going to be there so he can collaborate with them. So you can see there, um, it's got the little pictures of the people that have chosen to, move to, to book an admission, um, and they can also book parking at the same time. The next is when you arrive to the office. You no longer have an assigned space in the office. You're Robert the salesman. Um, so you want to arrive and quickly find an available workspace on the floor plan. Next step in the journey, um, you're at the workspace. Uh, a client calls. Based on your location, you want to find the nearest available quiet space, or I'm sorry, uh, nearest available uh, space to take the call uh, so you're not bothering others in the quiet space. Um, next part of this, based on the call, you need to locate a colleague to have a conversation about the call that you just had. So you want to look somebody up. Based on your location, you can see where they are in the floor plan. You want to book a space near where they are uh, because you're seeking them out based on the attributes that you need to have to collaborate. So it could be a simple workstation. It could be a collaboration space. It could be a conference room where you need AV equipment so you can collaborate with those external of the office. Um, once that call is done, you simply want to find an available workstation next to you. Um, you have a standing call with your sales team. So you've decided that you're going to be in the office. On one of those days, you have the, the standing call. Typically, it's something that you do from home, but you're going to be in the office on that day. You want to add a conference room to that 
conference call that you normally have, you want to be able to do that on the fly. So the next part of this, you've added the conference room, you're in the room, um, you're doing lots of different things. You need to get to the next space. You need to get to the next meeting. You need technology that can nudge you along that says, hey, it's time for you to leave where you are to get to the, the next meeting that may be in the building over. You need to be able to say, it's going to take me 15 minutes. I need to leave now. So you've arrived at that new space where you have the next meeting. It's, it's an, an, uh, an unfamiliar space to you, Robert the salesman. So you need some sort of wayfinding experience to help you get to the space. The room itself, in this case, um, you walk up to uh, a kiosk, and it shows your bubble of the booking that you have next, and you can find your way to where your bubble is on the floor plan. So uh, once you've um, left the meeting, uh, the room still may be booked. So in this case, there's occupancy sensors that sense that the room is unoccupied. You can get a nudge to release the space back out into the available space for others to book. So when we talk about workplace technology, you hear smart workplace technology all day long at conventions like this. Um, you want to align to the user journeys as the key stakeholder for what makes sense for their day. And so this is just a simple day in the life of Robert as an example. The next part of this, the next part of the equation, trustworthy business intelligence. So management wants to understand key attributes. Op they want to optimize the space. They want to know what occupancy levels are. They want to know what utilization rates are. So occupancy sensors. These sensors, in this example, are battery-powered sensors. Uh, they connect to a gateway, and they go to the cloud. So, you know, how do you provide an experience for the users that's live? So, you need to choose technology that can collect the data in real time. So, the actual protocol that you use to collect the data makes a big difference. The sensors themselves make a big difference, the technology that's involved in it. So it is a PIR, or passive infrared sensor, or is it a different type of technology? Can that technology be used in your environment? Does it pass uh, certain regulations or legal terms that you may have internally? Um, so those are aspects to consider. And then usable data. Where does that information go? So does it stay local on the premise, or does it go to the cloud for analysis to happen. So the next part of this is the analytics. So you want to understand how the space is being used. You need a simple dashboard to understand at a glance what's going on with the space. So I think most of us uh, are not data scientists for a living, and being able to discern real time what's going on in the space, you need something very simple that proves out, hey, Based on the subset that you want to understand, you can click on it, dig deeper if you want to, understand how the space is being used. The next part of this, ROI. So desk utilization, efficiency within the space, room utilization, being able to dynamically change or restack the spaces, go from a larger space to a smaller space, go from several spaces into one space, all of these have an impact on the bottom line. And so when we talk about workplace technology, we talk about the solutions being able to pay for themselves. So that's definitely an aspect of um, 
a gain here is not only does it pay for itself in a short period of time in this example over a three-year term almost 20 times the investment up front so that's about in 1.2 years the technology we're talking about pays for itself and at the end of that you start to get tons of gains so the last bit of this is artificial intelligence so if you walk around the show people talk about ai all the time the key point to ai here in today in this learning experience is the data so in order to be able to make suggestions you need the right data set you need trustworthy business intelligence that can provide suggestive topics to you um, and i'll leave you with this um, this presentation is being done by sony sony is a large organization um, one of the companies that we have internal to the business is sony ai and so I think you'll see in, in the coming months and years, artificial intelligence playing a much bigger role in terms of workplace technology going forward. So with that, thank you for your time. I've uh, seated back a few minutes early to you so that you can um, enjoy some other technology here at the show. So thank you. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more. <laughs>